0: And welcome to a new episode of Why Inclusion, the podcast series that curates inclusive conversations for the asset management industry. My name is Victoire Barblanc-Perron. I'm the host of Why Inclusion and a reporter for Citywide Selector. In today's episode, we are tackling DNI in infrastructure with guest Phoebe Smith, who is an investment director at infrastructure focus manager Whitehelm Capital. PB, thanks for joining. Thanks very much for having me, Victoria. I have just started um, asking each guest a quick question before we get into um, the topic of, of, of the day. Um, are, you, are you happy to play along and answer the following question in one word? Sure. Yes. OK. So the question is, unsurprisingly, why inclusion? In one word. In one word.
1: Pick name. That's uh, incredibly difficult to answer in one word. I know. <laughs> um, and it the the sort of the the easiest answer is is diversity because those two concepts are so so linked. Mm. You can't have have one without the other and you don't get diversity without inclusion. Um, and I could talk for hours, um, as I'm sure you could, about why, why I think diversity is so important. Um, but, but inclusion is, is what makes it worthwhile and what makes a firm or, or any group in, in society get benefit out of that diversity.
0: Yeah. Okay. So diversity is your, is your answer. Yeah. <laughs> okay, good. It's a good one. Um, <laughs> um, I, so I haven't thought uh, through what I'll do with all the answers um, yet, but um, I'd like to make something out of it. The, in the last episode, which um, tackled um, gender investing, gender lens investments and climate change, um, the guests said resilience. Yeah,
1: also was, a really good answer.
0: Yeah, I would say vital. Yep. We'll see. <laughs> So yeah, um, thanks for thanks for playing along. Um, now, one of the main questions that comes to mind when thinking about infrastructure through the lens of DNI is um, how to address different needs in a given space, and this is what I'd like to focus on today. Um, so I guess that one direct entry point could be um, asking how do you, as an investor at White Helm Capital, meet the needs of different communities through the fund, uh, the, the Smart City Infrastructure Fund, for instance?
1: Sure, I think um, infrastructure's got a really interesting place to play in, in diversity and inclusion because typically an infrastructure investment is something very large um, mm-hmm. that does impact on, on the society in which it, it's, it's placed in. So whether that's a toll road that's running straight through your city or your local water utility that every resident is is connected to. If someone's gonna be out there digging up your street and then providing you with a service, it's impacting on everyone uh, sort of naturally. Um, So then it comes to, uh, as an infrastructure investor, you want to then be doing the best for that whole community that, that you're going to be having a large impact on. Um, and it's one of the reasons we think infrastructure and, and sustainability, for example, go, go hand in hand for, for that same reason. Um, I think when we think of, of smart cities, um, it can have a real positive benefit for those communities, uh, largely because it brings about ways of addressing societal issues and also brings with it great efficiencies. So the more we can provide better services and we can do that more efficiently, then the more money there is for other things that a a society might need to address um, that that can in in turn mean that there's more funds for uh, groups within the community that might otherwise be, be overlooked. Um, that's a lot of uh, different <laughs> um, sort of ideas there all, all at once. But if I think about um, sort of what Smart Cities itself sets out to to deliver, um, it's about using technology to improve the way we're delivering services. So that's at, at its most simple. Yeah. Um, and whether that is making sure that you have sensors on Something like a rubbish bin, so it only gets collected when it when it needs to be because it's full. Um, immediately, you're seeing efficiency in in that instance. Um, if you then have smart services across everything that the city delivers, from waste to parking to lighting, it, the city itself runs a lot more smoothly. And then you can start looking at some of the the problems that you might want to then. Uh, address through money that was otherwise being wasted essentially mm-hmm.
0: and so technology that would be uh, the key ingredient to it would it be the key ingredient to sort of have lay out an equal access to a sustainable urban life
1: yeah absolutely and and that um, that point about connectivity, across the city is, is definitely uh, the angle that, that we're taking as an infrastructure investor is that backbone hmm. uh, is what we want to be investing in and, and is very much what then allows all of these smart city applications to, to function. So quite a lot of our investments, for example, have been in uh, the connectivity layer through, through fibre, but it must be across the entire city footprint um and and typically we like to have that be an open access network and that if we think about it from a um an inclusion perspective is is really uh, a positive impact because it means that we are not just building a network to sort of the, the more wealthy suburbs where we think we're going to get higher take rates or, or people paying um higher retail prices, but it's across the entire city. So you're closing that digital divide by nature of, of the infrastructure that you're putting in place. It also then allows the city to use it for smart city applications that again, benefit the entire community. It's not just saying, well, I'll put some, uh, some new charges in place in uh, for, yeah. for EV charging for suburbs, again, where I think people are likely to be buying electric cars but making sure that any of those solutions are available to all. And
0: do you think we could get into uh, an example that illustrates, it could be the bin that you mentioned earlier, but that illustrates that um, it's the, the those infrastructure investments seek to uh, benefit everyone in a given community?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think... Um... Maybe we can take smart street lighting, for example. Yep. When you're doing a street lighting program, it is designed to be for the whole city. It um, would intend to, to light your, your streets across the city footprint. You would, by making those street lights smart, you enable things like uh, dimming of the lights so they're not on at full glare at three in the morning when nobody's walking past, and um, But it also means you can use those uh, smart applications um, like remote control or sensors that pick up when someone's walking past to make sure safety is also improved across, you know, perhaps areas that people didn't necessarily feel comfortable at night walking through. Suddenly the lights go up as soon as uh, someone's walking past, or you know, there's an event on in a park in in the evening. You have the area very well lit at the time you know everyone's walking home. Mm. um out of that park things like that that improve um the security of of areas of the city that might previously have been a little uh considered a little less safe uh, really benefit everyone within the community
0: Mm. and how do you make sure that that inclusion perspective that you have um like from the beginning and i think as a core of uh of Whiteham Capital, how do you make sure that it's upheld throughout the projects from uh, conception to, I guess, uh, just a up and running project? How do you make sure that in the end, the the light, like the dimming light, uh, do not only benefit um, the owners of a uh, of a given shop and uh, and the people walking by that would I don't know maybe have the money to. Sees a shop if you know what I mean like just one think, segment
1: sure I think um largely that comes down to the fact that these are, are smart cities so you're typically dealing with the local municipality yeah. and they are funding their, their city as a whole they're not looking to just fund a business or, or a special interest group who might be um looking to do that but it also comes down to the way you structure your investment and how you'd be willing to work with the, with the city and what sort of contract you have in place with them. And for instance, if we were providing the funding for that, obviously that then provides us with, with greater influence over how that has uh, is then carried out in future with, with additional applications. And we like to work with the city in a partnership model where both are benefiting from uh, those, those sort of upside cases uh, where there's additional applications we can add to whatever solutions we've, we've got in place.
0: Mm. Okay. And the, with the White Helm Smart City Infrastructure Fund, you invest mostly in the US and
1: in the UK, as well as in Europe? That, that's right. The, the Smart Cities Infrastructure Fund does have a global OECD mandate. Mm. Uh, to date, uh, quite a large proportion of the investments have been in, in North America. Um, where we are rolling out fibre in in a number of cities. Um, But we are also very excited to be looking at at projects um, quite a bit here in in Europe uh, and also some in in Latin America at the moment.
0: Would you like to dig into any of those in
1: Latin America, for instance? Um, Are they too... (laughs) They're probably a little too early stage to, to go into detail on at the
0: moment. Okay, um, and uh, could we get into maybe one other example of uh, projects that had uh, an inclusion target at the core?
1: Sure, I think um, one of the businesses we're investing in here in, in the UK is, is quite an interesting one. Um, and, and we're looking at a number of uh, smart city approaches that I think will really benefit the communities in which we're investing. And a lot of that um, is about finding interesting solutions to problems. So, for example, if you talk to a um, city council here in the UK, a lot of them will tell you that they they have problems with with social housing and and not having enough of it and it not being in very good condition. So one of the the things we're looking at is is whether there are solutions that we can help um, address those problems. Um, things like putting um, connectivity into social housing that also allows you to install sensors that help with predictive maintenance so that you're foreseeing that the boiler is about to go bust, for example, before it fails and causes damage to the building, um, thereby lowering the cost of your social housing and improving the quality for those who are living there. And so mm. it's solutions like that. Obviously, that's oversimplified, Um version of it, but uh, solutions like that, that benefit those people who are reliant on, on social housing and also benefit the, the local council who's having to fund that um, and overall improve the sort of standard of living for, for that community.
0: And does that come with uh, some sort of uh, introduction to connectivity either for uh, that particular case of uh, how to um deal with um uh, council housing but or just even um access to uh, fiber or like just like the greater yes internet. and
1: and we would we would like to see that as as part of a, a package where it's also yeah. about connectivity so that the that the connectivity is required for the sensors but also allows that um that double benefit of you you're providing the connectivity to, to whoever the owner or manager of the social housing is, but mm. also to the occupants. Uh, and they're then able to um, benefit from the, the building itself being connected to, to fiber or um, whichever other uh, fixed wireless access type solution might be appropriate depending on, on location. Mm. And- Some of the other interesting, um, Solutions that, that we're looking at are things like, um, I think um, looking at, uh, I'll call it a, a healthcare booth for want of a, a better way of describing it, uh, where in some sort of um, central building be that, you know, it might be within your, your local library or your local council building, um, you could put in some, some rooms that are connected to um, to the internet to a screen they have mm-hmm. a few basic bits of medical equipment like maybe a, a blood uh, pressure cuff for things that you can use yourself and then you can have a, a doctor's appointment um, over well just like like we're talking now over over teams or, or zoom or yeah. or whatever um, and the doctor can talk you through taking your blood pressure or, or whatever else and and have that consultation So you don't physically have to be in central London to see the best specialist, you can be in whatever small town you you live in in another part of the UK, but you're still getting access to those those very good services. And so it's about using the technology available to us to improve um, inclusiveness effectively to make sure that people who live in um, more disadvantaged areas of the UK still have access to the same services that, that others do.
0: Yeah. And I think that um, links to how you refer to DNI at White Helm Capital, um, which is D E I, if I'm correct—diversity, um, equity, and and inclusion—and um, um, I, I I I find it uh, intriguing as well as um, just very simple and and fascinating that maybe sometime we'd forget this idea of. Um, like equitable, just access to services. Um, and I'd like to ask why as an investor, you not, prov- not to provoke anything, not in a provoking way, but why do you even bother um, taking into account um, as you do uh, diversity, inclusion, and then this equi- equitable access
1: to services? I think it, it's sort of a, a twofold answer in terms of the sort of the equity piece and and why that's important. It comes back to what we were talking about at the beginning. As an infrastructure investor, you are embedded within a community. And Mm. if you think that within that community, you only want to serve certain bits of it, you're not going to be welcome there. And and very quickly, you find yourself in, in sort of sticky situations where you're not supported by the community in which you're trying to operate. And so it's incredibly important to us that that we're able to have very strong and and positive relationships in in all the communities in which we invest. And I then look at it from from the other perspective about diversity and inclusion within White Helm itself and making sure that um, we have, I like to call it diversity of thought, so that we're getting different ways of thinking, different styles of doing um, I think makes, as, as we've seen, you know, from study after study, it makes people make better decisions if you don't have just what has been at times in the sort of um, finance sector, sort of the, the white man, yeah. another group of white men who've all come from investment banks making the decisions, but rather yeah. have diversity across a range of um, different measures, be that you know, gender balance, be that different um, backgrounds of, you know, experience, um, be that cultural background, all of those things we think of as important to make sure we're making good investment decisions. Um, and ultimately, ultimately, we think that improves performance of the fund.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you think we could get into one of one or two um, initiatives that you do um, run at White Helm? That, that illustrate as well uh, this idea that inclusion is great on an investment point of view, um, but as well as a, in the decision uh, making process. So maybe, yeah. the, um, maybe the Black Intern um, initiatives that you've got running.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So we have recently signed up to the uh, 100 Black Interns program. Um, that very pleasingly has ended up with a lot more than 100. Um, yes. But uh, at Whiteholm, we wanted to get involved in, in that program because it is, you know, you look at the statistics across the investment management uh, market and um, I guess the diversity statistics are, um, are not great. <laughs> and, and we're looking around and thinking, what other ways can we change that picture And a lot of it is is often making sure that that pipeline of of who's coming in, who's looking at, could I be an infrastructure manager um, as as they're going through university. And and I think that pipeline is is often uh, cut off to to some groups within, within within society. And so this we thought was a really exciting program of ways of just showing people what the possibilities are, what other careers there are out there that makes sure that 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 pipeline is is diverse at at the beginning, mm, which is so, and, yeah. So we 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 have our, our first uh, intern from the program starting with us, uh, I believe next month, um, mm-hmm. and hopefully that will then become an, an annual program that that we participate in every year.
0: Yeah. Um. And so I guess this will be more on a on a. Um, ethnicity uh dni viewpoint um which is often uh, i think n- not as addressed as gender would be uh in dni uh, topics um so that's great are you is there any other initiative uh from another dni perspective that you could
1: yes also- so we're also participating um in a number of um Uh, of programs like the Women in Finance Charter and the ILPA Diversity in Action Program. And a lot of those are about making sure that we have um, publicly disclosed uh, targets around gender diversity um, in particular. And we think that's very important because it makes sure that we are We're showing others that that we're serious about it and then it holds us accountable to that. So we can't in a few years just say, yes, yes, we've made progress. Uh, The numbers are out there and and the targets are out there and, and we'll have to report against those.
0: Perfect. Thank you so much for joining Phoebe today.
1: Thank you very much for having me.
0: Dear listeners, thank you for listening in. If you want to find out more about Why Inclusion uh, and about more Why Inclusion episodes, you can go on Spotify and check them out now. Bye for now.